imagine what it's like to be on the bill and to play for 15 minutes and the only people there to see you are the other bands and their girlfriends. From Buffalo, New York, it's the Struggle is Real Buffalo Music Podcast. Welcome to the Struggles Real Buffalo Music Podcast. My name is Ryan Garnett, and I don't think that the Beastie Boys fought for our right to party just so you could drink White Claws. Hey, folks. Uh, on episode 78 of the Struggle is Real Buffalo Music Podcast, we have our first in a series of interviews with the final 16 bands from Band, to Be- Band Together Buffalo's Shutdown Showcase, which is Tokyo Monsters. Um, I've been a big fan um, of these guys ever since I heard them like three or four years ago now, and I'm really super excited to have them on the podcast. So uh, Cassidy will be joining me for that. She, uh, she could not make it here. Uh, unfortunately for the interview, the only time we could schedule it was 10 30 on a saturday morning so by the time the interview was done i think all of us kind of wanted to go back to bed and Cassie had to get to work so but she'll be on for the interview and then um we're also going to we're going to be playing music by tk lips and tokyo monsters in addition to the interview we're also going to play a game with them called monster movie or tokyo monster movie and uh yeah we're going to talk about some other stuff but first I don't I don't know where Cassidy left the sound machine. She had it in my apartment last, but I can't seem to find it. So a couple things I wanted to talk about before we get started. Uh, one is the Band Together Buffalo show cl- Showcase, which was mentioned before. Um, man, people are getting riled up about it. And, um, and somehow my name got thrown into it. Apparently, all the judges for this are like uh, not telling people they're judges except for me. And I didn't know we were supposed to keep some any f- sort of veil of secrecy. I don't even know if that was anything that was asked of us. I just think a lot of the other people just didn't want their name out there. So, um, there are some complaints about the fact that one of the guys who ran the competition is also in one of the bands that was finished in the final four. And um, I don't know anything about that. I'm not going to claim to know anything about that. And I'll kind of just give you my experience. Um, I was asked to be a judge via email. I don't even know which specific person the email was from. It just came from Band Together Buffalo. And outside of me responding back saying I'd be happy to judge and then using the link they gave me, I didn't talk to anyone from the showcase. So I don't even know how any of the votes or any of that works. So... um, I'm not going to start making assumptions or generalizations on anyone in the local music scene, just the same way I wouldn't ha- want them to do that to me, which is what I'm going to get to. Uh, apparently, since you know I am a public face to the judges because I don't have anything to hide from, um, people are saying that uh, I was a biased judge because one of the bands that won, which was Pharaoh, I am in a member of his band. And I am saying... Have you listened to me talk for more than five minutes? That is, that's everything I go against. The reason I started doing shows and a lot of the things I do is because I wanted a level playing field for bands. And especially like the little guys compared to the big guys. So I'm going to talk about it for just a minute or two and just kind of clear the air if there's anything anyone's upset about. And then we're just going to move on from it. Um, I think... 
I think it was problematic because they wanted to do a showcase, but it also had a battle, the battle of the bands uh, uh, component to it. I think when they narrowed it down from you know one one hundred or one hundred ten to sixty four without even having links and just the band names, I don't think that that helped a lot of the bands involved. I give them all the effort in the world. I, I think the videos came out great. Um, I think the bands that w- were showcased got some really cool opportunities to get in front of a lot of eyeballs they wouldn't been in front of before. And I think for that stuff we should be happy but um you know it's it's hard to try and do things two ways like they did so just a few things a i did not vote for the final four i only voted for the final 16 so when it went to go from 64 to 16 i had input in that but not when it went from 16 to 4 i don't know if they used my scores to help narrow from 16 to 4 but as far as i know like i didn't watch the the round what would be the round three videos and then vote on those so i don't think i don't think uh i don't think my vote had anything to do with the actual final four again i don't know and then um B, another thing, is in meetings before the competition, when they first talked about having these feature bands they were going to have, in which case they had like 10,000 Maniacs and Cami Clooney, they had some really big name acts. But when I heard about that, I suggested that bands like Mom Said No and Pharaoh in particular should be featured bands and not a part of the competition element. Because, you know, in my... You know, having mom said no, who makes six hundred ish dollars a night versus a guy who's making thirty or forty or a band that's just starting off, it doesn't seem fair. And I, I, I love mom said no, and I like Pharaoh too. So don't get me wrong on that. But the thing is, for me, those bands don't need to be showcased. If they're making that much a night, they don't need to be showcased. They've got their shit together. They can afford their own their own recording time. They can have a booking agent to get them on festivals or in shows at you know the trail for sportsmen's or wherever like all of that stuff is you know they're already getting this stuff i i you know so going into the festival i wasn't looking at any of these larger acts and saying like oh well these guys need help because they, they don't which kind of brings me to my last point which was going to be c pharaoh doesn't need my fucking help they really don't they're doing fine all right those guys are priced out of any of the venues that i book at already so like they don't need my help i only know a third of them too so um you know if that's not enough for people to believe i don't know what to tell you but you know uh, i have a reputation and I wouldn't put it on the line just to help out my friend's band. And, um, you know, I certainly wouldn't have gone out publicly as a judge if I thought I was rigging things either. And even if you listen back to a few episodes ago, I think I actually gave a pretty clear idea of uh, how I graded. So you can even check that out and listen to that. So not everyone's going to be happy with that reaction but the way i i'm kind of looking at it is like if yellow jack won people have been like well ryan was in a band with dennis reed who's in yellow jack or if chucky campbell wins be like well ryan worked with him through infringement festival and booking shows and pot like i've worked with so many people that if you want to find fault in what i did and claim that i was a part of the problem you could do it for almost half the bands in the competition so kind of sucks but let's move on folks you know that that's i I think the one thing no one wanted out of band together buffalo was a whole bunch of arguing and nonsense like we're getting and it's you know whether whether it's it's warranted or not i again i i don't know um you know i i do feel like these guys had good intentions going in and you know stuff just gets mucked up and one other thing i wanted to mention um I am treading on weird ground with this, but I am going to say it. Um, 
I have had issues in the problem with fans coming to hip-hop shows. And now, don't get me wrong, there's fans in other genres who do it too, but it's happening a lot with hip-hop shows where people are pre-gaming in the parking lot or even very um, uh, brazenly in front of the building. I, I've had people sneak, sneaking in liquor bottles. And um, at least I can say, I'm, I've got a few different venues in motion now that I'm working with. And some of these places are like, well, I don't really know if we want hip-hop. And I bring them in a hip-hop act and then they see a garbage can full of beer cans and bottles that aren't from their bar right in front. And you look at the numbers for the night and they're half of what is being spent by other artists. Like I know there's, I know there are measures of, of, of social inequality and um, uh, wealth inequality that also go into this. So I'm not, I'm not saying this like, you know, like bad, like I'm not, I'm not trying to, make anyone feel bad for this but it's just something i wanted to talk about um you know so that happened on one of my shows and now they don't want to do hip-hop again so you know just a handful of fans at a smaller venue 30 35 40 whatever people um can kind of ruin it for a whole like a whole bunch of artists who want to work there you know and it's it does get hard booking hip hop in a lot of these venues because that's one of the problems and one of the hurdles that we have to deal with. And I'd love to find a way that we can avoid it more in the future or find a way to fix it. But, um, it's just something I wanted to mention. Like, you know, I, I don't want to tell you not to go out, but if, if you're going to go to a place, especially with limited seating where you have to reserve a table and go out, buy something at the shows especially now because the bars and restaurants need the money. The musicians need the money. But you know, if you go to see someone and no one who goes to see him orders anything, the bar's not going to want them back. And I can, I can say, well, this artist had a bad night. Maybe we book him again and that's fine with some people. But for other people, they're saying, well, I really liked the artist. I thought he was fine. But all, but although the fans that came to see this specific person seemed they didn't spend any money. So we, we can't have them back because even if they fill the place again, we're not guaranteed to make any money. So um, I wanted to be straightforward, just real straightforward about it. I don't want to make it sound like I'm passing any judgment because I do know that there's a lot of socioeconomic issues that are involved with this. But, um, you know, I want hip hop and Buffalo to be strong and to be burgeoning. And I think we can, but, um, we got to be careful because there's a lot of people who don't want it to happen. And a lot of those times those people have more control than others. So, um, go out to see all your local hip hop artists and spend money and buy food and drinks and whatever else, please. And then real quickly, um, I'm going to talk about previous shows for a minute or two, and then I'm going to talk about upcoming shows for a minute or two, and then I'm going to play a song. We're going to have an interview. Let's get, see, now I want to say let's get happy after just that depressing talk, but I don't have a sound machine, Cassidy. Anyway, uh, a couple weekends ago, Christina Stock, Over and Out, and Sydney Olson played at Milky's. It was a fantastic night. We had a line out the door most of the night. Um, Over and Out was just uh, Sally on violin and Rob playing acoustic guitar and singing. Well, Sally's did a little singing as well. And they sound as... I 
fuck it i miss those guys their fans were super fun and we all had a really great time uh christina put on a great set as one always expects from her and sydney olson is a singer songwriter from the syracuse area who actually came and I put her on the show in part because I'm like, well, Christina and Over and Out are going to fill the place. So why don't I put someone in here that needs to get some eyes on them? And I'm like, well, here's a young singer songwriter. Let's get her some experience. She ended up drawing like a dozen people just because she has family and some friends that are local. And it's like, wow, she draws, she has better than some local artists who play around here regularly. So, um, but they all, they all played really, really nice sets. I think, uh, the, a great, uh, you know, Sydney's, uh, she's a younger singer songwriter. When a couple people came in, they're like, Oh wow, Christina sounds great. And I'm like, that's Sydney Olson. And they're like, Oh wow. So I think, you know, Christina's one of my, someone I, I think makes really wonderful music. So I think people coming in and blindly thinking it was her is a, a really good uh, compliment to what she does. And then on Witters last Saturday, we had Brookhaven, Tokyo monsters and goodbye Metro. Um, goodbye Metro, formerly this put on a great set. I had never seen Tokyo Monsters before and it was actually the day they played we're going to interview them at 10:30 on Saturday. I saw them at 8 that Saturday. So the interviews before I actually saw them but I'll say now they're really good. Um all the stuff they do on the album that I was worried like some of the guitar leads and stuff that they might not be able to, you know, redo live. They were ab- absolutely able to do it. And god damn it, Brookhaven's fans are just they're crazy man um i actually uh they started talking to me about booking some other venues and it kind of one thing turned into another and i'm going to be their booking manager now which is kind of wild um which i think is a thing i'm going to be doing now so if uh if anyone's looking for a booking manager um I send me a message and ask me, I guess it's something I'm doing now. I've had a few other bands reach out to me since they saw I've been doing it with Brookhaven and you know, um, I don't have connections with like, you know, the, like the, the hockey arena or whatever. But, um, you know, if you're looking to play some shows around town and we can make some money, then, you know, it's something we can look into. So, uh, yeah. So that's kind of what happened with me there, but I mean, their fans bought Vuvuzelas and shit. It was crazy. And then some real quick upcoming shows. Um, both of these are going to be at Milky's on May 28th. My brand new band, St. John and the other monsters are going to be making their debut along with Gunther's radio. Who's some great nineties power pop and real movement who is like uh oh kevin always just reminds i just i just go with modest mouse and modest mouse meets ben queller there we go that's real movement as far as i'm concerned and then the following weekend on june 4th we have the aforementioned brookhaven at milky's again get there early if you want a seat because they fill up fast we also have muddle on the bill and uh pluto's dunes which is a brand new band featuring uh vinnie lima who uh used to be the the lead guitarist in the scarecrow show and then we've also got a slot for one more band that we don't know who it's going to be yet so that show is going to be awesome so if you can make it out um come on down you can also go to facebook.com backslash struggling productions and you can check out uh all the other shows we have going on there which includes some stuff uh we got some stuff coming up at mohawk place now which is the first for us that i'm really excited about but enough talking well i mean we're just going to get to more talking eventually but enough of just my talking all right uh we are going to play a song by tk lips uh i'm as we're kind of going through and interviewing these top 16 from uh, band together buffalo i'm 
I'm also going to play some of my favorite songs that I discovered via Band Together Buffalo. And uh, one was this artist, TK Lips. He made a really fantastic, it was uh, him in a a three-piece band, and uh, there was a lot of looping and stuff, and I just, I I like the vibe he has, and... um, I uh, I want to get him on some shows soon. I'm really curious to kind of get him in a live setting and see how like a full 45 minute set is. So check him out and God, let us know what you think. So next up we have Tunneling by TK Lips and then we will be back with Tokyo Monsters here on the Struggle is Real Buffalo Music Podcast on westernnewyorkmusic.com. Thank you. 
And that was Tunneling by TK Lips here on the Struggle is Real Buffalo Music Podcast on westernnewyorkmusic.com. And now we are joined for our earliest interview ever. That's how I feel in the morning sometimes, right? That's how I feel this morning. We are joined by Stephen and Joseph from uh tokyo monsters thanks for joining us guys hello good morning good morning thank you for having us oh no problem that was so formal can we call them steve and joe what are, what are your preferred names absolutely steve and joe is perfect okay sure. I love it. doesn't it sound friendlier yeah it does tokyo monsters you guys you guys have a really great energy i i get all the like energy uh, this is this is not to say you're like these bands but like to date myself a little bit the, the newfound glories and panic at the disco-ish sometimes right like there's there's a lot of the, the vocal timbre coming through and our lead singer that's like that kind of vibe i don't know it's it's a good time i don't mean that to be any bit of a you know how you can compare a band and it's like damning because they're like, oh shit, we sound like. <laughs> I always, I always compare uh, Tokyo Monsters to uh, Coheed and Cambria because Coheed, of the vocals. Yes, no, for sure. That's what I'm saying. There, there's a little bit of that going on. There's a little bit of everything. There's a little bit of everything for sure. Um, no, I just first myself rocking out to your, your shuffle, and uh, really, really would love to see you live. You guys are playing live tonight. Tonight. Right. Tonight, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, by the Witters. time this interview comes out, this night will have happened, but yes. Witters tonight will be a good scene. Yeah, it's going to be a blast tonight. So, um, what are your guys' kind of major influences? We kind of talked about who we think you sound like, but where, where do you guys think you get your sound from most? Um, well, we're huge Queen fans, first and foremost, so that is uh, pivotal in our sound. Uh, we like a lot of 80s pop like synth pop nice um as well as like some classic rock some 70s stuff like zeppelin you know the classics and we try to just blend it all up and we wind up with tokyo monster sound absolutely the guitar licks on witch hunt were very throwback to that 80s kind of rock sound i think so maybe even late 70s kind of rock sound mm. you know um <laughs> I was a big fan of that. So how long have you guys been playing together? Uh, together as Tokyo Monsters, probably going on three and a half years now. Did you meet at Fredonia? Um, no, we've played on and off in different bands for the better part of like eight years. Mm -hmm. some, some of us even longer than that. Like Steve and I have played in bands since we were like juniors in high school. Oh, wow. Back, back in like 2007, 2008. Oh, so you guys, so you guys probably have that mind meld thing going on at this point, right? Yeah. You just kind of look at him and you're like, he's like, I know what you want me to do here. Yeah. It's like the twin thing. Excellent. I could really see this man like at Mohawk place at, on a crowded night with everybody bopping around. What are your favorite venues that you played locally? Ooh, favorites. Um, we like the Evening Star. That's sort of our old school stomping ground. Yeah, we're, we're primarily Niagara Falls boys, so we wind up there a lot. Sure. No, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so as far as the Fredonia scene and our connections to Hail Fredonia, you're, can I just say online, you guys look so legit when I look you up, like 
you guys have a presence and you're doing that really, really well. Yeah, absolutely. There are a lot of bands that you could look up their names, uh, you know, particularly, and you get this mixed bag of that's not them before you actually click to their page. You guys have a very good stamp on things. So um, you guys have had an opportunity to play with a lot of like national touring headlining acts. Are there any, um, anyone big that was your favorite people to open for? Uh, favorites? We're probably, it's probably Theory of a Dead Man because that was like a, an enormous show, our biggest to date. And it was kind of just like a check mark of uh, to bucket list sort of things. We got to cross that off. Cool. Where, uh, where'd you open for him? Uh, at the Batavia Downs Casino in Track. I've had, I've actually had a bunch of people asking me about Batavia Downs and how to get in there lately. It seems to be a new spot that people are really interested in now that stuff's reopening since everything is not reopening immediately. Sure. Well, that's like an actual track, right? Like that's an outdoor. Ask them. I don't know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool, like a uh, horse racing track and exactly. I do the casino and everything there too. So did you guys perform outside when you did uh, theory of a dead man? Yes. Oh, that's the best. I love playing outside. I can't wait for the rest of summer. What is the COVIDity of summer due to your tour schedule? How is your booking through the the spring and into the summer? Uh, well, some of us work jobs that are like very dependent on having adequate staff throughout the summer. So we're not as active as we would like to be in the summer. Right. Yeah. I almost find that that's better in some cases, just because there's so much shit happening in the summer. True. Where if you move that over to fall or winter, you'll find that there are actually a lot more fans who are just looking for something to do. Right. Because... Or if you're scheduling an album release and you want people to actually show up Yeah, just don't do it in February in Buffalo because you'll get snowed in. But outside of that, like, there's a lot of really good opportunities for shows around that time of year. Absolutely. Uh, can we talk about the art on your your albums? Ooh. Like, it, it's kind of cool. Who who does that or who curates that? Uh, my wife actually does all our artwork. Yeah. So the graphic design of it, um, like, I like the one that was kind of the map or like a, a it looked like a Doppler kind of map thing. Um, there was the cat one. I don't know. Have you oh, looked yeah, at their yeah. album art? Some of it's kind of eight bit looking. Some of it, it, it's very. You know, as far as digital art, um, eye-catching. Absolutely. And, and I think it, it does correlate to your energy, for sure. Um, so how many pieces, uh, how many people play in your band? Uh, we're a four-piece band. Yeah. Who was the last member to join? How did you guys all come together? Um, well, we had a member step away in 2019, so our most recent member is my cousin playing bass. Oh, nice. There's a lot of family working together in this, yeah. this, this grouping, and I like that you guys have known each other since high school, too. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So now you guys have played, you guys have played, a, you know, like I mentioned, you've op op opened for some national acts, you've played some pretty cool gigs. Um, what's the secret? <laughs> Like, how do you find that you're getting these shows where other band, local bands kind of aren't finding them? Uh, it's a lot of being around for a long time, whether you're in the same band or not, like playing, playing in the same scenes for like 15 years, almost you, you come across connections. And I would say probably the biggest trick is to 
Always be good to your promoters. Always be polite and courteous. I agree with that. Oh my God. And, and do your best to stick around the music scene. So the longer you last, the more opportunities are going to present themselves. Everything you just said there, just I think my heart just grew two sizes too big. It was a Grinch thing, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely agree with what he's saying about being polite and courteous sure. and respecting your promoters because there's a lot of nonsense. There's a lot of people who think they're too big for it. There's a lot of people who have really weird demands given that they're you know, playing sure. like milkies. And then apologies afterwards for it, but that mm. relationship is, is a little too little too late then, absolutely you know? no no you really have to go out of your way to make sure you're making the promoters happy you're making the bars happy or your venues do you think part that, of it uh you know as a band looking again at your your tour schedule you said that you're you're limited but uh do you think that you're more likely to play outdoor shows outdoor venues than you are to play uh yeah so definitely be leaning towards outdoor probably just because it would be easiest easier to, to set up easier to get people uh out and and at them uh i know we are already looking for i know this is deep in the future but we are already kind of uh looking forward to seeing what's going to happen with music as art uh seeing if that's going to be put on this year and everything with that so um definitely the outdoor venues should be easier well, and if music is art is done down at Riverworks again, maybe maybe that has open enough areas to facilitate. I hope so. It's all such a, a mixed bag of looking into what they're going to be able to do crowd-wise. Um, I guess my next questions really come to recording and where you guys are doing your recording and mixing, mastering of, of your work. Yeah, I'd love to know that. You guys actually, I really like the sounds of your albums. I think who's ever mixing and producing and it's doing a really great job. Um, we usually, usually just go through, um, one or two different friends with their home studios. That's excellent. So they're looking to try and broaden their catalogs. Uh, a friend of ours, Tyler Katarina did most of our older stuff. And then we had some new stuff coming out soon, hopefully with uh, second river studios. Oh, uh, is that Jonathan Wisniewski? It is. That, he, uh, he also has a podcast on westernnewyorkmusic.com, the songwriters speakeasy, which gets a shout out. He gets uh, uh, songwriters uh, progressively more drunk while they talk about songwriting. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have been on that yet, but uh, it's, I, I really enjoy that podcast. If you haven't, I definitely tell you to check, uh, try being on that. I know he's always looking for guests. We were actually, we were, yeah. yes, we were, I, We'll have Getting to go around. Back. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that now. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We're going to be listening to their two newest singles, but that's going to be in a little bit. Love that. So with all the shows you've played and all the, like, I keep going back to the national headliners. What's the most ridiculous thing that you guys have had happen to you at a show? Like just something that you, it happens and you're like, what the hell? Have you had any of those moments? Uh, yes, it didn't happen to us, but we watched it happen, um, back in 2016, 2017, um, our drummer and myself opened for Puddle of Mud, Puddle of Mud. and during the sound check, his band was there, West that is, and he was still in Las Vegas. And they were set to be on in like maybe an hour 45 from the point of soundtrack. 
So you can imagine how the crowd felt when they found out he was going to be like three hours. Oh my God. And when he showed up, obviously he was not sober. (laughs) That sounds about right. That sounds like the kind of guy who makes the decision to get on the flight at uh, basically when his set is starting. What does the crowd do? What do you do as an opener in that scenario? How do they time that even happen? Um, there was not a whole lot they could do. Um, the show went as follows, and after the opening bands, they just the crowd just had to wait it out. It was a hurry up and wait. Oh man! Oh man! I waited. I waited for Frank Black once in like two thousand four. It took him two hours and fifteen minutes to get on stage, and he was there. Would you wait for Puddle of Mud? <laughs> Would you just call it a day? Be like, you know what? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'd call it. Did a day, some of the that's... crowd leave? No, but after he took the stage, they quickly realized maybe they should have. Oh Yikes. god. That's brutal. Odd story about Puddle of Mud. If you go to puddleofmud.com and only spell it with one D instead of two, it's literally I don't know if it still exists, but it was a while ago I checked. It's literally just puddles of mud. <laughs> this is not the page for the band. This is where we show puddles of mud. <laughs> don't complain somebody did that <laughs> kudos to them <laughs> talk about some of your other favorite venues to play in the area what do you like uh, we used to get down with playing stamps quite a bit nice have they reopened yet do you know? I don't believe I they have, have unfortunately that. that's a shame there isn't a whole lot of places to play up in NT for original bands I'm not even a North Towns kind of girl. I'm I'm surprised sometimes that that exists, but yes, <laughs> it exists. <laughs> so what are your plans for the rest of this year? Do you have any more music coming out? Um, do you have any big shows planned? Um, possibly some big shows in the works. Can't really comment on anything just yet because everything's tentative with sure. the way things are these days. Um, and hopefully we'll have one or two new releases before fall cool who handles your songwriting how does your songwriting process come together it's mostly a collaborative process uh typically you can start with an idea that somebody brings to the table and we just uh work on it from there so does everyone write lyrics what uh, does everyone come up with direction as far as that's concerned um yeah most of the time no no one's ever asked me to write lyrics before <laughs> do you have like if you have in your catalog a song that you could play forever and ever because you love it and a song that you wish you maybe didn't have to play but people like uh, do those exist for you uh right now no but hopefully someday they will <laughs> that's a good answer good that makes me feel better about the concert tonight hopefully i'll hear everything i want then they haven't gotten tired of any of the older stuff right because <laughs> your first release as tokyo monsters came out when uh 2017 okay so you you i i am always quite amazed by how people put out music and put out music and it seems like if you got that driving force to release new stuff you're you're able to do it now more than you could have you know like there's there's an easy route for those who want to release their songs how are you going about finding new ears i know that you've you know obviously i can find you on the internet but where do you release your music firstly um we've been leaning more lately in spotify so when something new drops we sort of just try to 
flag it on all the socials and have all the arrows pointing that way. Yeah. So do you guys, are you guys taking the approach where you're going to be releasing singles or are you of the mindset of like, let's make an album? Um, we have one to three singles planned, but we would like to have an album released probably winter of 2021. Cool. I would like to be there. I'd like to listen to that. That'd be a fun time. Uh, do you have Tokyo Monsters merch? Absolutely. Yes, it'll be at Witters tonight. I'm going to buy something. Right? No, I'm thinking about his wife's art particularly and how that would really fancy itself to a nice nice t-shirt or poster. So she, she gets a commission on all the artwork, uh, on all the shirts sold, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Damn it, I don't know if they're being sarcastic now. <laughs> Uh, so what about you guys? Like you've, you've played a bunch of local shows. Like, you know, I always try to get into the, the, the weird nonsense of the Buffalo scene. What's, what's the, like, like you told me about a puddle of mud showing up three hours late. That's horrible. Do you have anything weird and funny that happened to you guys that just, just kind of laugh at when you think about it? Um, over the years, we've sort of developed like the Tokyo monsters jinx. Ooh, where it seems like no matter what we do, whether it's an upload or like a, a media thing or a show thing, one small thing goes wrong and it can derail the entire operation, like like a cable or an amp. And it's, it's always something. So we're, we're anxious to see what it's going to be tonight. <laughs> Excellent. I'm going to bring extra cables now. So always misspelled too. There's always, there's always a grammar error. Always. Whether it be on the marquee, on the show poster, someone's name, someone's name, something's always misspelled. Interesting. Like they're trying to spell it wrong to be cute about it. You guys don't spell it wrong. I just don't think anyone double checks. They just do it real quick and just get it out. Yeah, actually, any grammar double check. That sounds absolutely correct in my experience. Um, so where did the name Tokyo Monsters come from? In the early days of creating the band, we went a while where we were just writing songs and opted to not have a name because you always pick a name too soon and it winds oh, yeah. up being something you don't like. Mm-hmm. And one, one day tossing around names that came up for our love of the classic Kaiju Godzilla movies. And then that one just sort of stuck. Nice. I like it. And it's, and it's too, it's, it's, it's so hard to find a, a, a band name that makes sense that isn't used by 50 other people. Sure. So I think Tokyo Monster. Godzilla is, is right where I go with Tokyo Monster too. Like that's, that's a picture in my brain. <laughs> I go Mothra myself. I don't know many. So who are your favorite Tokyo Monsters then? Top three, Ooh. probably Gigan, okay. Mechagodzilla and Gamera. All right. I'm not first. Well, the, the funny part is, is I now know that these guys are way more prepared for the game we're playing later than I ever thought they would be. Oh my so. gosh. <laughs> They're going to win the prize. They will. So um, any advice that you'd have for like new starting bands in the area? Um, people just trying to get their name out. Try, people who find themselves maybe frustrated and trying to, trying to do all this. Um, yes. I would say first and foremost, 
always do your best. I know that's very cliche, but it matters a lot because if you've done your best at the end of the day, you can't be upset at yourself. Love that. Right. Um, that other unlucky stuff is bound to happen anyway, and you can't control the other guy but yourself and your band. You keep together and have a good rap. There's a lot of, uh, I don't even know what the word would be to describe it in the scene, but I will say this. Never let jealousy be the thief of joy. Ooh, that's a, actually that's actually really sound advice because I think when you do talk to those kind of like you know working their way up musicians, they can they end up being jealous a lot of the people above them. So I think that's a really good point. And then the last one, I would say, just be true to yourself. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I love it. No, I've been, I've been called a try hard my whole life. I think it's a compliment. It's like, you're trying really hard. I'm like, yeah, I am. I want to do this. I want to make it sound good. So yeah, as a musician, you don't, you never want to take days off, but you you still see them doing it. (laughs) Do you have brother, sister bands, like bands that you always like to play with because they're always great to be on the bill with? Yes, um, our friends in Exum Priory, fellow Niagara Falls boys, and our friends in Inherent Vice. Oh, yeah. I'm actually just uh, getting ready to, I just offered them a show date. I haven't, uh, I just heard their new stuff. It's great. It is very good. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I wasn't like really big into them before, but their new stuff sounds really, really good. You'll, you'll have to check it out later. I I'll send you a will. link. This is why I hang out here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, I don't know. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Uh, what are your What are your day jobs as we struggle through your musician lives? You said that your, your work schedule is going to impede your rock and roll them. Uh, I work at the Niagara Falls State Park, so obviously massive influx of tourism. So. Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, tourism, that would be a little damper on that. What do you do at the state parks? Like A little bit of everything. Are you a ranger? No, I'm not a ranger. Oh, <laughs> damn. Do you get to ride on a golf cart ever? Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Uh, all right, well, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with Tokyo Monsters and play a game. But first, we are going to play their newest, one of their two new singles, Ronin. Uh, is there anything you guys want to tell me about this song before we play it? Um, just enjoy the song, I guess. Cool. All right, folks, well, this is Ronin by Tokyo Monsters, and we'll be right back here on the Struggle is Real Buffalo Music Podcast on westernnewyorkmusic.com.
And we are back here on the Struggle is Real Buffalo Music Podcast. That was Ronin by Tokyo Monsters. All right, guys. Game time, game time. Game time. I made a game just for you. It's called Monster Movie or Tokyo Monster Movie. So I'm going to name you some really bizarre monster movies. And you have to tell me if it's a Tokyo monster or a different monster. Okay. All right. All right. How are you guys feeling on a confidence level from like one to five? Uh, like black belt. Oh, pro- oh, oh. <laughs> I feel. I feel like you just laid the gauntlet down on me. <laughs> All right, number one, Gappa, the triphibian monster and monster from a prehistoric planet. The plot is that uh, Gappa is taken from her parents, and it's like the biggest, angriest set of Karens you've ever seen. Tokyo monster or other monster? Uh, I'm going to say other monster. That is a Tokyo monster. (laughs) That's all right. There's nine questions. You don't have to get them all. And I mean, even if you lose, you get a prize because that's what we do here. All right. Number two, the X from outer space Uh, from a review. The X from outer space stands out as one of the most swinging man in a rubber suit monster flicks. Is that a Tokyo monster or another monster? Uh, that sounds like it's got to be an- another monster. That is a Tokyo monster. Oh, oh no! Myself. You guys don't want the uh, loser prize, by the way. You never do. Oh, the, the best part is, is usually when we do these Zoom calls, I don't know when they get the loser prize. I'm seeing these guys in like eight hours. so They're guaranteed uh, their loser prize uh, or winner prize I look, this evening. <laughs> I look forward to handing it to you one way or the other. All right, number three. Gorgo. Um, oddly enough, it's the same as Kappa. Is that Gabba from um, the first question? But this one only has one parent. So this movie gets one out of two Karens. Is that a Tokyo monster or an other monster? Let's go with a Tokyo monster. That is incorrect. Oh, no, it is a London monster. Yes, it is a London monster. The rare London monster. There aren't many from what I found. <laughs> I had, let me just tell you that I, I'm going to go off on a really brief tangent here and say whenever people are like, I don't want like, I don't want like Google seeing what all my search history is. The weird shit I look up, if anyone ever right. bought my search history, they would have no idea what to do with it. Today's rabbit hole, Tokyo or other monsters. Yes. <laughs> All right. Number four, Frankenstein's, Frankenstein's monsters, Sanda versus Gera. Uh, here's a quote. All the fellows were eaten by monsters like Frankenstein that appeared from the sea following the octopus. That is a quote from the movie. Is that a Tokyo monster or an other monster? I actually know this one. This one's a Tokyo monster. Correct. <laughs> Oh, that line of dialogue just makes me cringe. (laughs) All right, number five, Varen, the unbelievable. A scientist has flown to experiment on a lake. The indigenous population are against the experimentation in their salt lake. They fear that the chemicals will reawaken their ancient god, Obaki, who saves lives in the lake. Guess what happens? (laughs) Is that a Tokyo monster or another? That's a Tokyo monster. That is a Tokyo monster. Coming back around again. <coughs> I believe the the ancient god Obaki probably uh, right. was a good clue in that one. Tokyo-ish. All right, number six, Yangari, monster from the deep. This is, uh, as far as I can find, the only giant movie that exists where the monster dies from bleeding out the butt. 
<laughs> the article I read didn't explain this, so I don't even know what that means. That that's so Alex Trebecki. I was surprised. I wanted you not to laugh. <laughs> okay, is that a, a Tokyo monster or an other monster? Tokyo. Tokyo. It sounds bizarre. Incorrect. No, that, is a, that is a Korean monster. Oh. Oh. But all hope isn't lost. If you get the last three right, still win. The good prize. The good prize. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Number seven, Dagoro versus Goliath. Uh, this includes a scene where Dagoro, a hippo cow-like creature, learns how to use the bathroom. Tokyo or other monster? Other. That is a Tokyo monster. <laughs> it seems like Tokyo would be. It seems like like Japan is a proper place to have a film about a uh, a giant monster learning how to use the toilet. Oh my gosh, they have such clean toilets there. It's very clean. This is potty humor too too much for me. All right, number eight, the Ginseng King. All my note says is, and all the evil people who want to eat him. Oh, yeah. Now I remember the plot from this. Okay, there's a movie called The Ginseng King, and it is literally about a ginseng king, and everyone wants to eat the ginseng. Because. Ginseng in Kobaloba, that's. I guess so. Tokyo Monster or Other Monster? Tokyo. That is a Taiwanese monster. I did a lot of searching because I wasn't sure if Taiwan was a part of Tokyo. It is not. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's the uh, educational part of the podcast. Oh, my gosh. All right. And then finally, your last one. The Super Inframan. He fights Viking space dominatrix Princess Dragon Mom. <laughs> Oh, I can't get over these, these descriptions. <laughs> I wasn't planning on including them first, and then the more I read them, I'm like, yeah, these are in here. Needed to. Is that a Tokyo monster or an other monster? That's got to be a Tokyo monster. We'll, we'll go Tokyo. That is a Chinese monster. Oh, my oh, goodness. Oh boy. What was the final score, Ryan? Out of nine, you guys got two. <sighs> Let's Looks like they're getting the runner-up prize. What do we got? What do we got? This, this actually, this prize involves a little bit of backstory. Okay, go for it. Uh, I used to be a dog sitter and I was sitting out in the middle of nowhere and their gas went out. So for like seven days, I had no heat. I had no warm water. It was a nightmare. So I, like, this is a million dollar house too. So the people we're sitting for, like that's it ends. And the next time they're like, Hey, we got you guys some presents because we know how hard it was last time. And my wife gets this like lip balm in this super fancy container. Okay. And um, what I got, I'm gonna give to you guys. This is a, uh, a Vietnamese beer t-shirt that I never wanted. <laughs> it, is, it is extra large. It's actually it, it, like the, the, the fabric's kind of cool, nice. Guys. It has that kind of like scrub feel to it. Like I don't scrubs. know if you can see this, and obviously our listeners cannot, but it is an olive green colored t shirt with a tiger on tiger it. Tiger that's orange. You know, you guys, somebody's going to look sharp in that. So this is a Vietnamese monster then, I guess. I've seen much losery loser prizes than this. Yeah, yeah, they get much worse. So <laughs> you guys don't get my beard in the bag. Beard in a bag. Yeah. Oh, beard in a bag. Cassidy made me throw that out. That was yucky. 
Cool. Well, uh, we're going to play you guys out on one more song. This is uh, your other new single, Windmills. Um, is there anything, any story behind this one or anything you want to say? Or uh, Again, I would just say enjoy the song. Awesome. Well, guys, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, this episode is going to air on May 15th. Do you have any upcoming shows or anything you want to mention while you're here? Any other shout outs to other bands or anything? Um, anything on the calendar coming up in May, June after the 15th that our listeners might be you know, intrigued by? Uh, like another winter show. <laughs> is that uh, July 3rd? Yes, it is July 3rd. Whoa. I'm really actually really like, I, I'll actually tell you guys this. Um, I started a new band called St. John and the Other Monsters, and we're actually playing with you guys that night. And when I created the band, my singer wanted to make some small goals for the band. And I said, I really want to be on a gig with Tokyo Monsters because I really like those guys, and I think the sound will fit us nice. So the and fact, the names fit so well together. Oh, we both have monsters in the name. That really go over your head? That completely went over my head. Ryan. So yeah, I'm really excited we get to do this. We're gonna be playing on July 3rd at Witters. Um, no cover charge. It's gonna be Tokyo Monsters, my new band St. John and the Other Monsters, playing only our second show with headlining act uh, 77 Stone. That's excellent. Featuring uh, Michael Bolano and uh, Vito Wojcik. So, I should take off from Waitressland for that. Oh, that'll be a good one. That would be a goal for me. Excellent. All right, guys, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, we're going to leave you folks with Windmills by Tokyo Monsters. And then we'll be back for one more segment here on the Struggles Real Buffalo Music Podcast on westernnewyorkmusic.com. Just sweet.
that was Windmills by Tokyo Monsters here on the Struggles Real Buffalo Music Podcast on westernnewyorkmusic.com. That was kind of weird and jilted. I was trying a thing. It didn't, I don't think it worked. Anyway, folks, that's all we have for episode number 78 of The Struggle is Real. Aww. I feel like I feel like we just started. <laughs> Guys. <sighs> I know. I have to hold back the tears. On episode number 79 of The Struggle is Real Buffalo Music Podcast, we're going to talk to another band from the final 16, uh, who is Cheap Peach. Um, I've had them on a few shows before that I've booked. Um, they definitely have like a, a dissonant, shoegazy, sonic youthy kind of vibe to everything they do. I really like them. Um, they're, they're all Fredonia students, um, so... Uh, you know they're still really young, and I think uh, I think they're really evolving into a great band very quickly. Um, so I'm really excited to have them on. They also took part. If you go to uh, YouTube and find the channel Side Quests During the Apocalypse, you can find a uh, a video called Buffalo Bands Play Among Us. Uh, they are in part two of the video. Jade and Tyler from the band uh, played along with me and uh, a few other local members of the Buffalo music scene. So if you want to check that out and get a little get a little early cheap peach or what what have you or you just didn't get enough of me you can go and check that out too oh man i am just see without cassidy here there's no one to stop me and it just keeps going and going and going and going anyway folks thank you so much for joining us you can find us now on we're on like all sorts of streaming platforms like spotify apple music uh thanks to our distribution editor kenny i want to of course thank our wonderful sound editor john galbo for all of the work he does and i'll say goodbye for cassidy as well because she's not here to talk either and um yeah folks keep on struggling but uh shows are coming back and i think we're gonna have a summer with a whole lot of fun so we'll see you next time (laughs) 